0: All right. Welcome to the show here on Monday. It is that time in the week where we meet with our friends over at Black Locks Reporter and dig in between the headlines where all the little juicy nuggets are hidden and now being revealed. Tom Korsky, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, digging a lot of stuff up these days. Good to have you, sir. Thank you, Alex. Um, just want to get your thoughts before we head into the uh, topics as to what do you think? Will this government keep spending or will they heed the warning of the banks? What's your view?
1: Well, fiscal update tomorrow, I think the key is to keep expectations low. House adjourns on Friday for Christmas. So mm-hmm. there's going to be no hoopla. Also, it's the iron law of Ottawa, Alex, that the true significance of an event is inversely proportional to the amount of hoopla. And they <laughs> yeah. they have everything except motorcycle police lined up tomorrow, which means it's really going to be a nothing.
0: A big old nothing burger for $700 billion a year. But nonetheless, we will eat it because we always do. Um... This is a little too close for comfort, but I'm sure there's got to be an explanation. Defence Minister Anita Anand's husband, director of a company, got uh, millions in COVID contracts while she served in Cabinet, and her husband is John Knowlton. He's a senior managing director with a pension fund, um, direct investor, Ontario Municipal Employment Retirement System, but he also is a director of Life Labs, which just happened to get a bunch of contracts, including one for $111 million. Now, He did or she did declare some conflicts, just not all.
1: It's interesting. Her office was uh, very careful in saying there was no insider dealing on this. But indeed, Alex, there never is. You know, the, the, the rules are never broken because these people write the rules. It's interesting over the course of the pandemic and half a trillion in deficit spending over two years That there's this very small geographical area. You can draw a circle around Ottawa, 200-mile radius. That includes Montreal and Toronto. And people in that little circle, very small geographical area, miraculously prospered. A lot of them know each other. A lot of them vote the same way. They send their kids to the same schools. And these people Mm -hmm. had a very jolly time in the pandemic. If you're not in that circle, I'm guessing the pandemic was actually pretty rough. But if you're inside that circle, they never break the rules they just prosper, and indeed that's what happened to Anita and John. They've done okay on this pandemic, and no rules were broken, not at all. Everything's fine,
0: yeah, well, if you know how to go around the rules or you know how to write the rules or you know how to you know game the rules, I guess there's there's always a way to explain it all away,
1: sure. It- And if you are able to suspend disbelief, this wouldn't pass at the town council if the mayor's husband got the snowplow contract. I have covered town councils and I know what they would say, but it passes here. It's funny today, just today, there was a motion at the Commons Ethics Committee. Simple motion. To investigate lobbying for pandemic spending, which has been spectacular, as one new Democrat member, Mr. Green from Hamilton, pointed out, Mm -hmm. pro rata, more money spent than Parliament spent in World War II. Do you know what happened to the motion? Voted down, voted down six to four. Not interested. Let's move on, said the prime minister's parliamentary secretary. Nothing to see here, Alex.
0: Yeah, well, I chatted with Yves uh, Giroux, who, you know, mines the dollars and cents. And, uh, you know, he's like, it's a good thing I'm bald because there's nothing for him to tear out. But this is, you know, welcome to uh, transparency in 2021. Nonetheless, um, but, you know, the CRA, not so curious to find out where all the Serb fraud maybe went. Uh, this is a program you have talked about a lot. Uh, Black Locks has reported on a whole bunch of, you know, pandemic kind of scams. And this was a program that was supposed to be $24 billion, a balloon to $81.6 billion, with a record 8.9 million Canadians getting this benefit. Um, and the CRA is in no rush to find out who who basically stole from the taxpayers
1: and not only that Everyone knows somebody who, who who was engaged in some sort of monkey business or has a story apparently I'm
0: the only her. one who knows no one, one who went really, through it. Clearly, it. it. it, it, <laughs> it,
1: it, yeah. It, it, it's legit. Oh, all you have to do is stop at the frozen food section in the grocery store sure? and say, "Hey, does anyone know a Serb scam story?" And I guarantee you, someone <laughs> will say, "Yeah, I have a neighbor." Everyone knows somebody. These are the famous two thousand dollar checks that were supposed to save jobless taxpayers from eviction or foreclosure. We found through access to information, heaven's knows, over 40,000 grade nine students successfully applied. <sighs> they weren't facing foreclosure or eviction, but they got the checks. Interesting, the Canada Revenue Agency wasn't too interested, though they knew for 18 months now, federal regulators alerted them. There were very suspicious claims, including fraud and criminal activity just today the auditor general says she's not interested either this is auditor hogan says what? she's not interested and maybe around 2023 could be 2024 we're going to wait for the cra to do a little paperwork and then we're going to audit how their paperwork is mp's head's exploded said what does it take? Do your job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, well she only it was has 82, one job.
1: <laughs> Eighty two billion dollars went out. There were three times as many people applied successfully for pandemic relief checks and there were unemployed. Three times. It was one of the great swindles. No one's as to quote Mr Fergus, the parliamentary secretary to the Prime Minister, Alex I should put this on a bumper sticker. It's time to move on. <laughs>
0: It's time to move on. Don't worry about all those people. But, but you know, Karen Hogan, she's hit and miss. Uh, she's given, um, you know, Auditor General reports that are very kind to this government with their pandemic response. And then she comes out with the blistering, you know, public health response uh, last week, which, uh, you know, was a failure. Uh, but this one's, this one's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, she, she, it would be probably the easiest report she's ever f- written.
1: Sure, but the liability is horrific. The liability is absolutely horrendous because the implication is... The federal government, the agencies, the managers, the Canada Revenue Agency knew in very, very early innings there was monkey business with these, with these uh, payants. They were supposed to do the checking beforehand. We've done stories on this going back over Mm -hmm. a year, Alex. This is why they didn't give it to the Department of Agriculture, because the the revenue agency, they're the ones with the 27 million tax forms, guys, and they were supposed to do the most rudimentary checks. They did no checks. They said, no, no, we have to get the money out, save from eviction and foreclosure, all the kids smoking cigarettes in the high school parking lot, we're Mm going to do post-payment verification. Now they're not interested in that either. No one is interested in finding out what happened to $82 billion borrowed dollars.
0: Well, I don't get it. Karen doesn't work for the Liberal Party. She works for the taxpayers. And CRT, CRA, you know, they're so busy bugging small businesses right now who are going bankrupt. But this one to me is a no. so, so are you suggesting that they're not going to look at all or just going to kick it down the can for a couple of years?
1: Oh, a couple of years minimum. People will have to be reminded of what CERB was by the time you get your audit reports. And the audit will be very, very damning. But in the meantime, when people say, how come we don't have money for diabetes pumps? or the wheelchair ramp at the old soldier's home, Mm -hmm. we can remind Mm -hmm. them. Do you remember that $82 billion and the money that went to the kids in grade nine? Do you remember that? That's where where the diabetes pumps are.
0: Yeah, or the... uh you know, money for Indigenous children uh, forced from their homes. You know what? Hey, went to the cigarette kids, not the Indigenous kids. I just want to quickly go through this one. It is a couple of days old, but it didn't get a ton of attention, and it should because Cabinet also budgeted for more than $81 million to enforce the COVID rules for the employees, um, you know, so 5,000 unvaccinated people out of, like, hundreds of thousands who were vaccinated. We're talking 98% of the core federal public center sector are vaccinated, but those who didn't got tested. And we paid $24,000 each on these tests, adding up to $81 million. Why the hell are we paying for these? It, it,
1: the math makes no sense and the Treasury Board won't explain it. It does remind me of town council. The time that the mayor's cousin got the contract to supply chairs to the courthouse at 10000 a pop, you see, that doesn't, that doesn't... I'm sure they're very fine chairs. It doesn't make any sense. Treasury Board was asked this By us, by MPs in the house, out of the house, half a dozen times, they can't come up with a plausible explanation as to how you would spend $82 million in five months to enforce a vaccine program when, as you mentioned, Alex, almost 99% of employees are already vaccinated. The unvaccinated are 4,600 people. Give you and I a clipboard and a bicycle, and we could verify the vaccination status of 4,600 people for less than $82 million. What would you possibly spend that money on? Well, the Treasury Board can't explain it. And as one MP, Kelly McCauley from Edmonton, put it in the House of Commons, I wonder, I wonder if there's a Quebec engineering company buried somewhere <laughs> in <laughs> Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, look. You want to get people to get that vaccinated and make their <laughs> life harder, you know, don't pay for it like well, I don't want to pay for it, then make them pay for it, and then maybe they'll get get vaccinated. but holy crap, we are just stupid by a uh, half. All right, Tom, I gotta leave that stupidity there, uh, but we will talk about uh, Wednesday because uh, there will be more you will dig up, so I appreciate the time.
1: <laughs> thank, thank you, Alex.
0: That is Tom Korski with Black Lacks, reporter. They are subscription-based, so if you might be looking for a stocking stuffer, this would be a good one because they absolutely deliver every single day. Stay here with us, Alex Pearson on Point, and this is Global News Radio.